to show. of freedom to fight because i'm i'm a the podcast host of freedom to fight um i have a master's degree in in counseling psychology professional professional counseling is the same difference um but i wanted to pursue getting my phd because i really 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 love research clinical research so you're grandfather being a you said statistician yeah working in statistics yeah that is like <laughs> that's something that lights my fire like i really would like to pursue that at some point in my career and have gotten some experience being a part of research projects so that is definitely a passion of mine and <laughs> i'm a pretty introverted person so like working in a basement or a research lab, like studying numbers or patterns or whatever, that is kind of a dream. It's not that I don't like people, but I, I do like the that relationship with people where I can be observant rather than being kind of immersed in like, you know, drama develops in most, most groups of people, but I, I try to avoid all of that. So I just wanted to compliment him because and and he's a professor like that's that's something else that i've i've looked into <laughs> i've been offered a few opportunities that i've turned cool. down so <laughs> not a professor but um oh and i should say that i'm sorry i should say that i thought for a lot for a long time in my career that i needed to have a phd to become a professor or to practice research or you really don't. <laughs> I've been offered these jobs without having a PhD. I've been offered to be a director of a graduate program. I've been offered to, like, I've been offered these positions without that degree. And so there is definitely a difference, but I can still pursue all of those things without having a PhD. So just wanted to say that. And I was not at all aware of that. that <laughs> Yeah, I always assume like, oh man, you gotta have a PhD to do all that stuff. I'm just gonna go ahead and hang out and do what I do. So that that's you know good though. You're you've positioned yourself where even though you are pursuing you know further education, you're still in the good spot where you're like, look, there's still opportunities for me. I can still do a lot of things prior to reaching the mountaintop. You know, it's all about collecting collecting the trinkets along the way so uh, yeah. and for everyone listening welcome to off the mats podcast it's me it's dante and as our wonderful guest here has introduced themselves already and a big part of that was because i was like i want to make sure i'm saying your name right and she's like i got you covered so thank you for that anora anora yeah so so it's it's like and you're a and you're yeah okay so i used to write i used to wait tables for a long time <laughs> for like 10 years of my life and i would write down on a piece of paper you know my notepad where i'd write my orders and give it to customers i would write down a n dash y o u r like your 
and then dash a so that people can see how it's phonetically um, said <laughs> and you're a uh, and you're uh. but the thing is my name is not um, I don't have an American name and I should say America as far as United States because there's a lot of Americas anyway um, but my name is uh, from the other part of the world it's from Tibet and but there's versions of my name in India and um, I believe in Nepal as well I found out in Mongolia as well so I have an Asian name and the first three letters of my name a and u is pronounced anu in in those cultures and um so that would change how you would say my name depending on where you come from so anura rather than anura <laughs> it's very you know like it's i'm not gonna make people say my name with an accent because they're already having a hard time anyway so i just wanted to to clarify <laughs> no, absolutely. That's it. You know, even thinking about it when it comes to names, period, it, it, it can get tricky because, you know, for the most part on the podcast or on social media, even people see me as Jake, you know, like Jake. Oh, Jake is pretty easy. That That's perfect. Perfect. Not, not a tough word. Not a tough name. <laughs> you know, we got this. And there's like, oh, the last name Dante. Easy enough. Uh, you know, most people know Dante. For the most part, some people say Dante. It's it's been done. <laughs> I remember being in school, you know, and you know when people put the you know put my real name out there, I was like, "Ooh, that's not even close to my name." Or they would misspell it, uh, like horribly misspelled. And I remember when I moved in with my grandparents, my grandfather saw me write my name. He goes, "You know, you're misspelling your name, right?" <laughs> I was like, nah, "That's what my teacher always wrote." Oh, yeah. No, that's not even close to right you got all the wrong letters <laughs> like the, the <laughs> like you can, well the d is correct at least it's capitalized i was like oh okay that's oh and, you know then he writes my name out and then he's like there's an accent mark on the e at the end i was like oh word i, I didn't know that either <laughs> you know you know then eventually i just started just shortening it to dante especially when i started teaching but you know for for the sake of the kids you know i shortened it up so people you know they could say it easier and i just kind of stuck with it as far as friendships go and then my family actually calls me jake i don't know why they just call me jake okay you know? I, I i don't get it well there's rumors as to why there's three three different stories one is my mom's friend just so he looks like he should be a jake and the family just start calling me Jake. It's like that's rude. Hey. <laughs> just say to my mom, like, "Hey, so I don't like your kid's name." And then I was in the hospital a lot as a kid, and apparently, from what I'm understanding, the nurses, for some reason, started calling me Jake. So it just stuck. Hmm. I was like, again, I'm pretty sure my chart has my name on it. Y'all just decided, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna call this kid something else. But for whatever reason, my family just stuck with it. And then the third one was like my mom just decided ah, i think i want to name him jake instead <laughs> and I was like I, I feel like that might be the the more truthful one the more accurate one but who really knows but my family calls me jake so i decided just for the sake of keeping employers from looking me up and you're like oh my goodness look at this guy's social media i just decided let's go with jake and yeah. here we are 
So yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious because I I I refer to you as Dante. I think I think I, I always mm-hmm. have, but maybe I've called you Jake before. I wonder, do you feel differently if somebody calls you Jake or somebody calls you Dante? So Dante is pretty normal to me. It's a norm for me. Jake is it, it still kind of rattles me because it's like, oh my goodness, my family calls me Jake. So when I hear Jake out in public, so I've I've run into a couple people here and there, and you know they we you know they've never referred to me as anything before other than you know like oh this BJJ Wiki guy, and it's like oh Jake or thanks Jake or what's up Jake, and I've had a teammates a few times call me Jake, and which makes sense because there are a lot of times in the gym, especially in the beginning, you don't know a person's name. And it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to train with this person. And then once they're, you know, there's this, this relationship built, it's like, okay, let's get this person's name and like, you know, put it in the Rolodex. But a few of the people only recognize me from social media. So they were calling me Jake and it was weird to me because I was like, who the hell are they called? Oh shit. I'm the only one in here. That's me. They're referring to me. Oh, Hey. Okay, cool. Now it's been sorted out. Now they just call me Dante. I'm like, okay, it's Dante. We, we get it now, but Dante is preferred. But if someone calls me Jake, I don't, you know, it's not weird to me t- anymore, but I still try to point out like, Hey, so this is Dante. How are you, how are you guys? I know you as Dante. <laughs> so that's how I'm going to go. That's how I'm going to refer to you. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. So um, I wanted to have you on the podcast. First off, I was on your podcast, uh, Freedom to Fight. So thank you for having me on as a guest. It was a wonderful experience. So thank you. And I wanted to basically, you know, have you on my show. Actually, we've discussed both Off the Mats, which is what we're on now, and also So You Like Horror, which is the horror movie podcast. And we'll we'll, uh, discuss that you know, at another time, I got some themes and we've discussed, you know, a couple of different movies, but I want to have you on and, you know, just get your story for the listeners here. Cause I know there are times when it, it, it gets kind of tricky, you know, hosting a podcast, you're hearing so many different stories <laughs> and no one's hearing your story. And sometimes people don't want to share their stories. And I think more often than not, other times people are like, you know what, I'm fine with sharing my story. But you don't want to, you know, just make an episode, uh, you know, an entire episode like, hey, so here's my full story. And, you know, it can, it can get a little, little uh, wonky sometimes, at least for me. So I want to have you on. I want to just hear a little bit about your background with, you know, training martial arts um, and, you know, the benefits of, you know, martial arts for, you know, mental health, you know, like, you know, essentially, you know, wondering, you know, you know, how do you feel that training martial arts contributes to, you know, better in mental health? Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you having me on and I, I really appreciate you coming on my podcast because it was at a, like the peak of like a, an issue with, with uh, racism going on in my community. And it was like right before I moved from there and, I also got a chance to kind of talk more candidly than I had before about my um, concussion, the recovery around that, and and just my experience start. Um, well, maybe not starting, but like my experience 
training in, in BJJ and Muay Thai and wrestling. So um, I'm really grateful for that. And I will tell your audience um, how I got into martial arts. So I am, uh, I, I call myself a trauma therapist because my um, lens on seeing illness is through trauma. Um, I know that's a pretty general term and trauma is pretty general. It's, it's pretty uh, subjective. So something that uh, affects one person, you know, to, to where it kind of cripples them and, and, and stops their progress may not affect me in the same way. So um, I, I do call myself a trauma therapist. I've got a, a master's degree in professional counseling, counseling psychology, but I say that to say that I know through trauma researchers, um, Bessel van der Bessel van der Kolk <laughs> is uh, an icon um, in trauma research, and he's also a professor. Body Keeps the Score is is his his book, but he talks about martial arts being a healing tool for trauma. And um, because I'm such a <laughs> science nerd, and just I I love I love research, and and I. I really what I wanted to do was take it from something I read in a book to something I've experienced myself. So um, moving out of state during the pandemic <laughs> was really challenging to then losing a ton of family members one after another, really. Um, I had a, a substantial amount of, of trauma. Um, having a partner at the time going through his own issues, alcoholism, and going in and out of programs. And um, I, I needed to find a solution to managing all the trauma that was kind of thrown on me and um, find a way to feel empowered through that. Because despite all of the resiliency I had, I mean... Um, I, I grew up in poverty. I've experienced poverty throughout my lifetime um, in, in all of the years of education. So at least seven years in higher education, 10 years experience outside of my education. Like it, it didn't really, you know, when it comes to what do you do in real time? What do you do in the moment? Like I didn't really have, I didn't know what to do with all the trauma. So I'm really glad that I, I was um, open enough to be vulnerable in pursuing a self-defense class. Um, I, that's all I did is just <laughs> Googled self-defense in my area and found a place and called the person and, and scheduled a time to take a free class. I took a women's class and I didn't realize that instructor had been it was a retired MMA fighter. Like he was a professional fighter. And so like the things that I was learning through him or that we were learning through him were <laughs> Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai, you know, striking and grappling. And um, that these are really practical skills because to be honest, I've taken self-defense classes before in Texas and they were not substantial. Like it wasn't even, even all of my training in, in mental health, so working in residential facilities, working with <laughs> in a men's residential facility, like, yeah, they'll teach you how to de-escalate a situation. But if you learn that once or twice a year 
and there's not any pro like you're not <laughs> you're setting people up for to be in danger because they think oh i went through this training <laughs> i know what to do yep. but when you're in a situation you need to know not only what to do but how to keep yourself calm because you're activated so how do i stay focused on the goal of subduing somebody or submitting someone and keeping myself safe while like my heart is racing and i'm like well maybe they haven't got like you really need to know what you're doing and there has never been a time that somebody taught me what i needed to know so i'm very grateful that i found the self-defense classes and then i <laughs> i was invited to the you know the the main classes with with all of the members um of course mainly men <laughs> there's a few women there but um maybe maybe two women there <laughs> but i i am grateful for that because that's part of my personality is to kind of veer off from from groups i don't like cattiness i don't like drama you know i wanted to come learn a practical skill so that was really what was best for me was to to be in a, in a group of people that varying skill levels that were going to be kind and patient and teach me things that they know are effective. And so learning, I think I really leaned into Muay Thai first and that like almost instantaneously changed my, um, my confidence level. Like it was very empowering to, to see someone like, show like show me the move show me this is the combo and then like be able to practice my practice it myself and then get feedback right away like i i don't know if you would agree with this but i do think that i don't want to put this on everybody i don't want to generalize too much but i do think people in the black community are naturally gifted in in, in athletic ways and i i think that that whatever whatever is doing before <laughs> kind of geared me up to be really good at Muay Thai. Um, so from from start to to finish, like I'm I'm not done training in Muay Thai, but I haven't been training in Muay Thai lately. But I I'm I'm naturally good at that, and I'm naturally good at BJJ as well because the other part of um, developing my skills in, in therapy and psychology, you're developing your intuition. And I think that's a huge piece of, of just being a fighter um, to, to really know when to do X, Y, and Z is like, yeah, it'd be nice to just like perform the moves, but you've got to put it in the situation, in the context of this is, this is when I should do this because they, they've slightly moved or bumped or what, now I have this opportunity. Like you've got to develop your intuition. So, so yeah, um, uh, training and, and BJJ was like really like something that I feel like I, <laughs> without being too romantic about it, something I was meant to do. Um, so that and wrestling, I have a love for all three of the martial arts that I've leaned into and I do want to um, start competing. That that got dis disrupted previously because of an injury, but um, I would like to. 
I would like to compete. I would like that to be a, a, a part of my life. Good, good. I, I think, you know, as you were, you know, just talking about instincts and just intuition and everything, you know, that's just, you know, another part of the journey, you know, another connector to it all. And, you know, when we talk about self-defense and we talk about, you know, these martial arts that we participate in, you know, how do you know it really works? I mean, sure, you might be training in the gym, you know, you're going over the moves, but, you know, when you compete, you're going against somebody that's, you know, it's, it's the closest thing to, you know, fighting for your life outside yeah. of, you know, actually having to fight for your life out in the streets, you know, and, you know, also, you know, we, we've seen the videos, we've, we've, you know, heard the stories of, you know, this competitor or this MMA fighter for that matter, you know, having to use their training in a situation, whether it be home invasion or yeah. someone trying to, you know, steal their, their pocketbook on the streets. And then, you know, next thing, you know, you see the video of, you know, said fighter holding someone in a rear naked choke, yeah. you know, or, you know, someone breaking into your home and, you know, they didn't pick the wrong house and right. <laughs> you, you picked not, the wrong one, actually. <laughs> And, and now you know that your training is being tested and, and in most cases it's going to work. So, you know, moving to that next phase and competing, you know, it, it's a big deal. And, you know, I, I, I can't wait to hear more about it. And, and when, when, you know, when you get back into it and get going, because like I've said it plenty of times on here, I don't compete. I've done it. I didn't particularly, and, you know, granted it, it was, I was young. Um, <laughs> and I did, and I felt like I don't really like the feelings of this. And, and that's a, the thing: a lot of a lot of our competitors out there, they don't may not necessarily like the feeling, but they still go out there and do it. And I think, you know, it's very admirable, you know, for any of you that do it or want to do it. So, you know, take that next step and get out there. And and you know, it's not even just about you know getting medals; it's about getting that experience. So. Yeah. Well, I, I will say I, I don't like performing. <laughs> I am a very introverted person, so I don't like being put on the spotlight. But I will say that I, um, <laughs> it's a phenomenon. It's, it really isn't. I, I keep getting put in the position to be put in the spotlight. Like, um, let me... Okay, <laughs> I can I can make a lot of examples, but this is putting myself in the spotlight. No, I I sure. I've just been I've just been offered a lot of positions because people like develop trust from me like immediately. Like you're you're capable of of handling this or doing this for us, and being a leader really is what I'm trying to get around to saying. Like. Um, I, <laughs> I don't like, I don't like it, but I think the things that you don't like, the things that you resist are probably the things that you need to lean into. So in part that martial arts was something I was afraid of because I've been conditioned to think violence is, is bad and, and there's, there's no reason for you to ever hit anybody or like, <laughs> there's a lot of time, there's a lot of circumstances where you might need to hit somebody. And I'm glad that I was able to, to kind of overcome that. But um, 
as far as competing, like I, I was a distance runner for a, a big part of my younger years. So from like sixth grade <laughs> to, uh, on and off throughout, um, through high school, I, I had an injury. Um, I've had a, <laughs> I had a couple of injuries. Of course I did. Um, running, <laughs> you know, like that, that can put a lot of wear and tear on your body and just being young yeah. and like, fighting with your brothers and sisters and just, you know, roughhousing and stuff. But yeah, so I have some experience with competing or to me, it feels like performing, <laughs> you know, like yeah. people are in the, in, the, in the stands watching you. But yeah, I was a distance runner for at least six years. And um, I ne that never, you know, the, the butterflies in your stomach, that never went away from me. But I think that that is a tool. I think you're supposed to overcome that fear because on the other fear, other other side of that fear is what you're trying to obtain. So um, attain. Um, I, I I don't um, I I don't want to stray away from it, especially with with having the injury because the injury occurred in training. And what I've learned from a lot of other athletes is that's what happens <laughs> it's hardly that they get super injured during a fight or they, they you know <laughs> will take a beating in a fight but not to the point where they're hospitalized or not you know there are faulty ways in training and that's what happened to me so um that will not deter me <laughs> from competing because if i'm around people that are competent and 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 are are using safety practices, then that won't ever happen again. So um, I just wanted to mention that. Good, good. That's, you know, part of the journey. You know, unfortunately, you know, while you're out there training and working to be the best that you can be, you know, injuries will come along the line, but it's how you respond, how you, you know, bounce back from it is mm -hmm. what really defines, you know, you as a, as a competitor, as an athlete, as a person, you know, you get some people, you know, using football terminology, you know, I'm a Detroit Lions fan and they had a player on their team. They drafted him. I want to say number three. He, he was a top five draft pick, Charlie Rogers. He played for Michigan State. I'm a Michigan fan. So, you know, I was, you know, I'm not crazy about state. But whatever, you know, we're going to keep keep that conversation out of here. But Charlie <laughs> Rogers got drafted to the Lions and, you know, he was good. He was real good. He suffered his first injury ever once he uh, made it into the league and became a professional player. And he didn't bounce back very well from it. He had never been injured ever through high school, through college, nothing. And he suffered... I think he had a couple injuries, but the, you know, the bounce back from those injuries, you know, he just couldn't come back from it. And, and the thing is, you know, even me just saying that it's like, you know, there could have been something really debilitating, but you know, I, I think also just, you know, mentally, you know, I think it wore on him. I think, you know, that does happen to, to people. It's happened to me. You know, I've had injuries where I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'm gonna come back from this. You know, in my older age, when I was younger, I get injured. I was just like, eh, I'll be all right. <laughs> power through. You know, 
you know, I busted my meniscus. So I was like, I'll be all right. I just got to, you know, kind of limp a little bit when I run, but I, I can still do this. <laughs> you know, you know, when you get older, it's like, ooh, strain my groin. Something, but yeah. I can't put my socks on right now. <laughs> uh, but, you it's know, bouncing back. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 But bouncing back from uh, the injuries and and then still wanting to pursue, you know, the activity, I think is huge. So, you know, again, my hat's off to you. You know, super happy to hear that. You know, um, I am still in recovery, and I, I, I think I should probably talk about this a bit more on my um, podcast, or at least um, on my social media, like make, making some sort of, um, posting some sort of information about recovery, because there's different stages, you know, and I think I'm, sure. I think part of recovery is kind of facing your fears. So I have been back into several other gyms. Like I've I've tried again, but part of my re part of my injury was not just physical having a concussion. It was it was my emotional and mental health was okay. Well, <laughs> it's something that I love so so much enough to make a podcast about it. Enough to like it, it's part of a it's part of my personality now. It's hardly, you know, just something I do over there. Like it's, it's part of me now. Like if something sure. like that could potentially kill me, like, is this, it, what do I do that this was kind of an existential crisis of like, is this, are these people I can trust? Can I trust myself? Can I trust this, this martial art of like, can I, can I do this anymore? I, it took me a really long time. It took me a lot of therapy. It's still, still going to be going through therapy about it. Um, it took a, a lot of movement, a lot of different changes in my life for me to, to come back around to it. But I think that's all part of the recovery process, the healing process. And um, it for sure made me stronger. Well, yeah. And again, it goes back to, you know, that bounce back. You know, there, there's a, you know, mental resilience that comes out as well. You know, though, you know, there is trauma from this, you know, look, I want to get back to it. I want to get back out there. It's, but you got to get through, through, you know, some of the, the hurdles. And, you know, that's where I think a lot of athletes kind of run into this weird thing where, you know, when you mention something like sports psychology, you get some people that, you know, turn their nose up to that. Like, I don't need that. More so old school, you know, old school athletes, older athletes. Mm -hmm. you know, I think we're kind of in a time now where you're getting more people understanding, like, look, you know, it's not just the physical of this injury that got me. You know, I think mentally, you know, you might have, you know, some butterflies. You know, you might have, you know, kind of the, this this crutch now. That, that you're trying to get over, you know, as, as we bounce back from injuries and just kind of going through the traumas of, you know, what's happened before it can mess with you, it, you know, whether it be, you know, you know, separating the shoulder and now you're worried, mm -hmm. you know, you know, are you going to re-injure it or, it, you know, head trauma, you know, you get a concussion, you know, that adds up. So, Again, you being in active recovery and, and, you know, looking to get back into it, you know, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about it because, 
you know, it'd be a shame to, you know, take an injury and then just think, oh, I'm not cut out for this. And you never yeah. come back. So good for you. Thank you. I think uh, that's that's also part of my personality because I've had so many experiences where things have tried to knock me down, like not just challenges um, in general, but like specifically, I've had a lot of people try to get in the way of um, of this journey. Like there are a substantial amount of people that don't support my efforts in training in martial arts and having a podcast about it. And even the people that we talked about last time, my landlords and their friends and stuff that who, who were harassing me were intentionally trying to cause technical issues on my part. They yeah. knew I had a podcast. They had control over the internet. They would turn it off all the time, which is literally why I went to the destination where I was to record our podcast. But even trying to do that, I was getting calls from police officers trying to investigate what was what they were doing to me. So um, during the podcast recording, so it was just so many disruptions. But that to me just reinforces that I'm doing something right. Because why did why do the people that oppose it? Why do they oppose it? <laughs> you know, what why why is it? Why are they making their lives to try to stop what I'm doing in my life? Well, it must be something pretty important. <laughs> You're listening to it. You're watching it. Like, I'm sure people that support me do too. I need to keep pushing forward. Well, and, you know, that's a, a key quality in a martial artist is pushing forward. I mean, like you say, you have people disrupting, you know, what you're doing. All right. Well, not sure what, you know, why you in my business? Why are you worried about me? I, I think, you know, well, you know, in the bigger picture of just everything, it's like if people just worried about what they're doing and not what someone else is doing, as long as it's not affecting their day, I think we all be happier. You know, like it, it it's like having siblings, you know, <laughs> I, like, I don't worry about what my brother's doing, you know, as long as my little brother is safe and yeah. ain't hurt nobody else. You know, go ahead and, 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 you know, I don't know, cheer for, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, that's <laughs> not what we do in this family, but I mean, that's what you want to do. Go ahead. You know, I'm a judge you a little bit, but, you know, <laughs> still, you know, it's not affecting my life. I don't think anyone sure. should be, you know, disrupting someone else if it's not, you know, having any effect on their life, adverse effect on their life specifically, but whatever you keep pushing you keep doing you and and i think that's again just you know a key quality in doing martial arts and just living life period and and i mean again you're having your master's degree you know adversity is being in your way and you continue to push through and you know get where you are so i really really appreciate the praise and i do want to say that people you said people trying to disrupt your life that like I, let me just say this in general. I think there is a place for all of those people. And it really gets under my skin that they do that. But that's their goal. <laughs> their goal is to get under my skin. Their goal is to cause obstacles. And there's a place for ha haters. <laughs> there's a place yep. for those people. Whether they're coming from racism or from some other place of hate. Like, they 
don't, I mean, if it's not me, it's somebody else. They have to fuel that into their hatred into something because they're not, they're not, they don't have enough self-reflection. Like they're, it's always somebody else's fault. It's always like you're, you were, oh, that's what you said. But um, like, it's not bothering you. So why, why are you causing it? It is bothering them <laughs> because yeah. having somebody like me, a woman or somebody that's black or somebody that's younger than them or some whatever different circumstances than them like it does get under their, their skin it is a problem for them because it doesn't fit into their their life schema like they need yeah. they need to to act out like this because that that's their duty even even in connection with their god they think they're acting in the right and I'm going to yeah. let them because it's not really, it doesn't really have to affect me. And that's the thing too, is like misery loves company. So, you know, you might have somebody that they're not happy. So if I'm not happy, you're not allowed to be happy, you know, and the, unfortunately that's just in so many different walks of life, whether it be, you know, again, you know, martial arts, education, you know, just, you know, being a kid and having fun, you know, we have parents who function that way too, where they're like, look, you're not doing the thing that I like. So I don't want you to be happy about what you're doing that you do like. So it's like why people can't just, again, leave others alone. I don't know. But at the end of the day, you know, what matters is you push on and you say, you know what, I'm not going to let you stop me. You know, I'm not going to let anything deter me because the moment that we give up, that's the moment that, you know, that opposing force wins. So, you know, I, you know, I don't know that, you know, I'm the best speaker on that because I've had my moments where I've, you know, kind of given up on projects where I'm like, and I look back and I was like, ah, damn it. I let them win. But, you know, I'm working on me. I'm growing. I, I don't know. I mean, I think you should definitely choose your battles, but I, I, I sure. find that in the, in the circumstances that I did push forward, like I was rewarded in some way, like rather I got stronger, I got smarter, I got more skillful. I got, I gained something from saying, you know what, <laughs> you're not going to dictate how I'm going to live my life because it makes you uncomfortable. It's good. True that it makes you uncomfortable because what other um experience would catch your attention and then make you self-reflect they're choosing not to self-reflect but it it riled them up enough for them to be able to so i gave them the opportunity to better themselves if they choose to <laughs> if you, you they're identifying some sort of reaction within themselves that they could then address if they wanted to. So, you know, it's a good thing <laughs> that it ruffles their feathers. That is true. Very true. So as a, a martial artist and a, a mental health uh, professional advocate, um, you know, practitioner, um, what would be uh, some, some advice you would, give someone considering martial arts as a means to improve their mental health? Well, 
I, I can say from my experience and what I experience other people experiencing. So what I observe from other people is, um, I don't think I consider myself shy. I mean, in, introversion is not the same as being shy. Like yeah. I, I started a podcast, <laughs> I don't, I, you know, that's going to give, give, give me exposure and, and kind of put myself out there. So I don't consider that to be shy, but I can say that it, it, it did build my confidence and the way that it built, built my confidence is, well, it definitely made me feel like I was capable of starting a podcast, but capable of really doing pretty much anything. Like it was the key for me. It was like something that, again, I'm, it sounds romantic, but something I was meant to do. So like it unlocked whatever parts of me that didn't get fulfilled in other parts of my life, not through any romantic relationships, not any friend circles, not any family dynamics. Like it was some, it was a missing piece to say, I can set these goals and, and Muay Thai and BJJ and wrestling. Like I can set these goals and I can achieve the goals. So I was doing that as a runner, but the reason why it, it, it gave me practical skills. So now I can be anywhere and feel confident. I don't think I ever, ever, ever had that being a woman ever, like being in those jobs that I was talking about. I was working in a men's facility overnight with people that had very serious mental illness that honestly, the, the programs that I was in were not effective. So being in a program that was really not helping someone get out of crisis. <laughs> and then I was just like in the mix, like thinking, okay, well, I can depend on these safety measures and then realizing they were failing. Like I was not ever really safe in any of those jobs. And now I feel like if I were ever in a psychiatric hospital or, or something like that in the future, like I feel like I would be able to protect myself and um, restrain someone or, or submit someone without harming them. Like I have control over my power. I recognize my power. Like I was empowered by martial arts, but I recognize, I, I, I have control over it. And that just gave me confidence throughout my entire life. Like every single obstacle that I face from the time that I had the concussion prior to that as well, but from the time that I had the, the concussion to now, <laughs> I've gone through so many crises that I was like, oh, well, I went through this. I can get through <laughs> Like, it's not, it's True. like no thing. Like, and people look at me like, is everything okay? Like things are not okay, period, <laughs> in the world, period. And I'm experiencing some of those crises that, you know, are relevant to me, but I don't, I don't have a false sense of confidence anymore. I don't feel like I have to depend on people. I don't feel like I have to live my life the way I used to. Like, I don't have to be afraid of most things. I don't have to live with fear, period. <laughs> I experience fear, but I don't have to see it as 
this is going to be an obstacle or this is something that I have to, um, I can't pursue because of fear. Like, I, I just don't look at it like that anymore. I feel like a, like, a, <laughs> I feel like a, a character in a video game. I've got a, a collection of tools, which is what you do in therapy. You go to therapy, you talk about an issue, you, you learn do different tools, different behavioral things that you can that you can practice okay i'll i'll respond this way next time or i'll think about it this way next time you learn these tools it's the same thing in martial arts you know i'm i'm sure. <laughs> practicing it with my <laughs> my fists in my, in my body but like you know it's it's the same concept so i think martial arts is is like therapy okay all right i i agree it I've always used the term, you know, jujitsu is my therapy. And I've gotten a lot of pushback from that. We talked over, about this last time too. <laughs> and it's like, you know, people are like, well, therapy is therapy. And, you know, jujitsu can't be therapy. Lifting weights can't be therapy. Running can't be therapy. I was like, well, look, I think anything can be therapy. Does talking help? Absolutely. It, it can help. But for some people, maybe that's not their route. I think so many people who like to put things like that in a box, they look at life as one size fits all. Well, I have to go talk to someone. You have to go talk to someone. Like jujitsu doesn't work for me as therapy, so it shouldn't work for you as therapy. And, and the truth is when we're going through any kind of crisis, any kind of trauma, any kind of emotional matters, you know, we all handle it differently. When my foster mother passed away, you know, I found out uh, on a Tuesday afternoon and I had uh, jiu-jitsu Wednesday morning and I went in the train and I just got lost in the reps. And, and you know, I thought about my foster mom a little bit, but I wanted to get lost in those reps. Yeah. After I got done training, class was over. I sat down in a corner and I cried. Uh, you know, and, and I felt relieved though. You know, there are, there are a lot of things that went through my mind you know, about my foster mom. And there are a lot of things that went through my mind regarding my training. And it was all kind of interconnected, you know, whether it be the ideal of, you know, this woman, taking a chance on my brothers and I and rescuing us or whether it be this coach taking a chance on me and rescuing me from, you know, from myself, you know, it's all interconnected. It, it, you know, again, it's different for everyone, but that's, you know, how it played in my mind. And, you know, for someone to say, you know, well, jujitsu can't be therapy for you, you know, for you, maybe no, but for me, it, it worked. It helped. It helped me get through it. Um, you know, and it helps a lot of people get through tough times. So, you know, we're not one size fits all. And, and that's the thing too, when, when it comes to therapy, it's not all one size fits all either. I'm sure you, hey. you spoke, spoken with people who, you know, you have one approach for one person and a different approach for a different person. So. Certainly. And I, I, I'll clarify a bit because I, I don't want to just leave it as, martial arts or bjj is there like 
what I mean, it is very therapeutic. And I think that, like you said, there's different ways to heal. You know, I, you can't <laughs> force somebody to heal in traditional therapy. You, you, I mean, it can be court ordered and, you know, family can say, I'm not going to give you your inheritance unless you get sober or what, whatever the dynamic is. And people can go through the process, but it's not the same if you're not willing to do it. So <laughs> there has to be other means of healing. And I, 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 I think that yes, martial arts is very empowering to me and it changed my personality. That may not happen for every person. It may not sure. be somebody's thing, you know, they may not enjoy choking someone out. <laughs> they may not, you know, before I, I was introduced to it, I hated it. To be honest, I dated somebody way back when that loved UFC, UFC and wanted to watch the fights every weekend. And I hated that part about him so much so that I considered breaking up with him over that because I like did not, it wasn't just like something I didn't like. Like I was conditioned in my, even in my religious culture that doing that, it was like sinful. Like do not <laughs> behave in this way. Don't celebrate people that, are behaving in this way. And now I feel just the opposite. It connects me to my spirituality. It connects me to my higher power because I, I you know, that the, the pyramid of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, yes. the very top of it is self-actualization. So the very bottom is, you know, your, your basic needs need to be met, <laughs> shelter and food and clean water and things that every human being needs. But at the very top, people also need to reach that point of self-actualization because that I, I, I think that kind of completes our whole human experience. Of, you're not supposed to live in fear. You know, you're supposed to observe different emotions, but you're not supposed to be um, a prisoner to them. So um, I, I just wanted to mention that, that I, I know that it, it may not be everybody's therapy and it, and that may trigger some people just phrasing it that way. But my advice is to find something that will resonate with you like martial arts. Well, I feel like if anyone's triggered by that, then they need to look at themselves in the mirror and figure out why are they so upset about, you know, words. Um, <laughs> they, I don't know. It just, that that's another thing too, when it comes to people getting upset at other people, it's like, well, why are you so upset about it? Maybe you need to ask yourself some questions. Mm -hmm. You know, if I get upset because, you know, you like Ohio state, I got to ask myself, why am I upset that they like, you know, this college football team, you know, Oh, am I a Michigan fan? Well, absolutely go blue. But you know, is it affecting my day? No, then don't yeah. get mad. Move on with your life. Um, <laughs> And, and, you know, kind of, you know, there as well, you know, as, as we we're just talking, that does kind of touch on the ideal of, um, you know, consistency, you know, when it comes to discipline um, as mental health and martial arts are related. You know, one of the things there that you pointed out, you know, if someone's being made to go to AA or therapy or anger management, you know, any of these things, you know, part of what you know, matters is, you know, you being in these programs, 
you got to want to put the work in to get the results. You know, I had a friend, he had to go to anger management when he was younger. And, you know, we, we talked about it. And one of the things that I kind of took from it was like, these types of things only work if you want them to work. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into them, you got to want to get something out of it. You, you can't go into, you know, martial arts and just think, oh, I'm just going to do this. I, I remember meeting this guy at a party and he was in really good shape, like, you know, excellent shape. And he worked out all types of workouts. And he asked me about jujitsu and goes, you know, I was looking to, you know, at this into my workout regimen, you know, probably stop in, you know, once every three weeks or so. And, you know, just, you know, add it to my program. And I was like, well, I guess, but it's not, that's not how it works. Mm-mm. You know, if you went in <laughs> once every three weeks, you're going to get the shit kicked out of you. You're not going to like it. Exactly. <laughs> you're going to quit. You know, this is something you got to go to preferably, you know, multiple times per week. I go once per week, you know, but I also had a period where I was going every day. Yeah. So, you know, I can kind of get away with it just a smidge, but, you know, to say, hey, I'm only going to do this every so often, you're not really getting much out of it. Not, you know, and, and that, that goes the same for, you know, going to therapy or going to, you know, any kind of a program such as AA, um, NA, anger management, any of these things. It's like if you're only going every so often and th- to be fair, th- you know, there are individuals that, you know, have gone to AA they're doing very well with the recovery, but you know, they may not go all the time anymore and they might have an incident or close to it. And they might show up, show back up to, to the meeting. That's not to say, you know, you can't gain a benefit in, in those matters. But if you just go in day one, you say, well, I'm just going to do this once every three weeks. You're not going to gain any benefits from those things. And I feel like, you know, when, when you connect the ideal of that to martial arts or anything to martial arts, anything in life, you know, requires consistency and, and a give a damn, you know, as my coach said, you gotta, when, when you're training, your training has to have purpose. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, very, very important. Well, I, I totally agree with you. And <laughs> Maybe at different stages of training. I mean, because people have life come up, you know, different stages of training once every three weeks. might. <laughs> but I think like, you know, perhaps it's like, um, you know, the way that people approach therapy. I think if you're in crisis, you probably need to go, depending on your crisis and depending on your, you know, the other things that you're doing to help heal yourself. It might be good to go a couple of times a week, maybe three times a week, you know, for a little while and then changing that to maybe once a week and then twice a month. And, you know, it, 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 it's not one size fits all, but I do think that, um, I do think that it, it just varies for, for people, but discipline is, is that consistency is really, really important to kind of progress in anything. (laughs) I don't know if. I don't know what, you know, wouldn't require some sort of consistency. True. Um, is there an instance where martial arts might not be suitable for someone dealing with like mm-hmm. a mental health um, matter or crisis or anything? Like, would there 
be a matter where you would think like maybe this person probably shouldn't be simulating murder with others. <laughs> That's a very good question. And I think, yeah, there, there is time. So I, I'll say that um, I didn't go into martial arts thinking, well, I'm going to fight the next person, <laughs> you know, after class, let me go pick a fight. And if you, if that's part of your personality, listen, I, I think that, um, I, I don't need to change anybody. I don't need to kind of gear people into, I don't, I don't need to do that. If you want to change yourself. Okay. But I think if your intention is to harm people, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think martial art, like if your intention is to go and be go submit everybody and be the biggest person in the room. Like, I don't think that that's the right type of energy. I also don't think, <laughs> I'm gonna speak very candidly about this. I think that men and women, and yes, there are non-binary people and, and I accept everybody. I'm just gonna speak in this dynamic. Just, I, I don't know, because I'm most comfortable speaking in this dynamic, but I, I've seen a lot of memes even lately that, there are women that are not training in martial arts, but their significant other is, and there's a lot of jealousy there. I think if you have an issue with jealousy and you're bringing that into the martial arts, there, there's no room for that. I think that's how I got injured <laughs> because people were jealous of my progress, people that I trusted. And I think that there is there's just no room for it. The, the other healing aspect that I got from martial arts was a community. I got, I was around men <laughs> specifically that I developed trust for. That's huge. <laughs> not, not only just, okay, we're going to go work out together. Like, no, we're going to try to choke each other out and, you know, put our, <laughs> our forearms in each other's necks and do whatever we need to do to submit someone like, the fact that I allowed them to practice that on me and vice versa created a trusting relationship because I knew they weren't trying to hurt me. Like anybody that has that mentality that I need to go beat everybody up or I need to use, I need to go pick some bar fights or some street fights. No, you don't need to be <laughs> training in martial arts. I do think therapy would be the, the first step for you if you're open to that. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. <laughs> and, and I, I know there are people that when they found out I was doing jujitsu, I know there are a lot of people like, nah, not that guy. <laughs> like, no, don't teach him how to hurt nobody any further. But <laughs> to be fair, I think martial arts was the thing that helped me most. It humbled me. Mm -hmm. it, it let me realize very, very quickly that I wasn't the baddest dude in the room and not everybody handles that well. So, you know, a lot of people will quit, but for those of us that stick around because we're like, well, look, this just showed me how vulnerable I am out, you know, in a live situation, I maybe need to gain some awareness. And, and that was my approach. It was really a matter of, you know, once, once I realized, Oh dude, I'm not the baddest dude. No, I understood. It's like, I need to do this for my own safety, for the safety of my family, uh, you know, for the safety of my friends. And, you know, it became a different mission versus like, I'm just going to do this to, you know, get in, you know, stay in good shape. 
you know, because like the guy I mentioned who wants to come in every three weeks, I was in a similar boat, but I wasn't thinking of coming in once every three weeks. I was like, well, I'm going to commit to this. And then when I went to my first like trial and I got beat up by a 14 year old, I was like, I'm going to commit to this because I want to beat that dude's ass. And I like I, I, I never did. We, like we rolled right before he left for college and we got, you know, we're like in 50, 50, the entire role, just playing with each other's feet. I hate feet, but I, you know, it, it was just this weird situation, but either way that that's, that's that path and that story for a whole nother time. Um, so, um, and your, and your, yeah. Got there you go. Um, so I, I'm going to be honest, the last 10 minutes, I've been thinking like, let me make sure I say this right, make sure I say this right. And then I stumbled, but either way, we're, it's all about learning. We're here to grow. We're here to learn, but I do appreciate you making time and sharing your story with us here on the podcast. And I would love to have you back on for more conversation. And, and like I said, we're going to, we're going to get you on a horror podcast and we're, we're going to pick um a theme or a film and we're gonna we're gonna discuss and and get a good conversation out of it but in the meantime here we're gonna go ahead and wrap up and before we get out of here do you have any shout outs or mentions that you'd like to leave our listeners with shout outs well shout out to you <laughs> for having me on your show and inviting me on on so you, uh, so you like horror yeah so you think you like horror? Yeah. Nope. I, I, so I, like every I, single time I think of it that way. So you think you like horror, but that's not it. So you like horror. Yeah. I, I've considered a name change, but because somebody told me they didn't like the name, I'm stubborn. I was like, well, now it stays forever. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's something I'm trying to work on in therapy right now. Well, <laughs> I, I, shout out to me and to freedom to fight you know and, and the development of, of that platform and i want to mention that i am an emdr therapist trauma therapist yes but uh specifically an emdr therapist and i'll talk about that more on my platform but um i i just wanted to make a note of that because we were talking about therapy and d different ways for people to heal talk therapy is not always the the way to go but um, no, I don't, I'm not a part of any, any community yet. Um, so I don't have a lot of shout outs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, freedom to fight is on all podcast platforms and it, my Instagram is, uh, at freedom underscore two underscore fight. Um, I also have a, uh, Instagram page for, um, my counseling practice, which is freedom to connect. Um, I <laughs> am a part of another private practice that I don't know if I can promote just yet. Um, so okay. I'm going to hold off on that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm on YouTube as well, Spotify, Facebook, all of those. So, um, <laughs> come check out my podcast as well. <laughs> and I will be sure to put all the links in the show notes. So that way people can find you. So. And Dante, if I haven't asked you before, I would love to meet in person and roll together. Like that is my my focus for 2024. I'm all for it. I actually just talked to a buddy last night who's in Ireland and he's been over here in the States before and 
uh, we we didn't get the opportunity to to roll. But he mentioned that yesterday as we were talking. I was like, dude, next time I'm there, we definitely got to roll. So, look, it, it if I had the ability or the the uh, facility to do so, I would actually have a big party, a big jujitsu party, and just invite you all out. I'm like, look, let's meet in the middle ground somewhere, and like we're, we're just gonna have a jujitsu party. But look however we can make that work i am more than happy to roll uh, I, I love jujitsu uh, i love this martial art i love what it it it's you know made us all capable to do uh you know in in where it's taken us and in, in the people that it has introduced myself to so you know for me anyone that i meet that that trains and is like hey we got to roll sometime soon of course absolutely so I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, I'll I'll record it and put it on my podcast. <laughs> For sure. Especially make if I that. Win. <laughs> make it a thing. Oh, of course. Look, I, I have no issue with it. Even though I am a camera shy individual, look, you, you can record it. Y'all can see me follow my face as I tend to do once per, per week. And then I look and say, oh, shake my head. And I'm like, oh, that sucked. <laughs> Don't do that again. It adds up. Um but yeah, I, I'm definitely you know up for that that uh you know that role. So we'll 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 make it happen. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Thank you again uh, for having me. <laughs> no problem. Thank you for making the time and you know just being my guest and also again have me on your podcast because if you hadn't reached out to me, you know we this wouldn't be a it. thing. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Uh, and as always to the listeners, thank you for all the supports. We are fast approaching episode 200 here on the podcast. And I'd been trying to wrap, rack my brain on trying to think of some kind of special episode to do. I, I have an ideal and it, it's, you know, it's special to me, especially with the guests that I'm looking to have on. Um, I, I've got some, you know, details to work out on it, but hopefully, you know, we can make this, you know, a very memorable episode for everyone that listens to the show. And, also, just a good experience for for the guests that I'm trying to get involved, and uh, as we get closer, more details will be revealed. Uh, it's not like it's anything special, like a Michael Jackson concert or anything, you know. <laughs> where it's like, oh, the big secret night. Like, no, it's just I'm just trying to make sure we can get everything, you know, set up logistically, you know, with time and and locations. But otherwise, thank you as always for the support. I love you guys. You know, it, it's been a wild journey thinking like man who's gonna listen to a podcast by me and you know now people are listening i'm like holy shit you're not supposed to listen to me like I, i'm i'm that character in the movie where it's like don't listen to that guy so thank you for just supporting i want to give a big shout out to my friends over at nerd rage radio bobby chris joe marilyn phil uh ricky tiki uh Ra raul um you know chucky o all you fellas everyone over there part of that team thank you so much if it were not for nerd rage radio i wouldn't be recording podcasts you know and I, that's just a fact so go check that podcast out i'm trying to actually get joe back here on the show very very soon uh he works out and he eats right and i want to talk to him about it because i don't do either of those things <laughs> so maybe he can encourage me and um you know get get me back on the wagon well also want to give a shout out to my other podcast so you like horror if you're into scary movies 
go check it out. We actually have just wrapped up 2023. And uh, actually, well, this coming Friday will be the last episode of the year for So You Like Horror as we wrap up the Horror Through the Decades theme for this year. Uh, we started in the 1920s and we worked all the way up to the 2020s and we did a wrap up show with the original host of the show, myself, my wife, Sarah Beth, my friend, Teresa and Marilyn, Fr- Marilyn Phil, who I mentioned from Nerd Rage Radio. So uh, that episode will be coming out this Friday. And then as we move into 2024, our new theme will be cursed films. So. We're working on the content for that right now and trying to get it all together. We're going to be talking about films that have had historical and questionable um, curses and whatnot going on behind the scenes. So um, if you're into that kind of kooky stuff, go check it out. And also for that podcast, just a big score for me. There's a, a, a TikTok account and a podcaster that I follow by the name of Horror underscore Chronicles. I'm a huge fan of them. And they're actually going to be a guest. They, you know, I reached out to him and was like, Hey, I saw you did an episode on cursed films. Would you be willing to be a guest, you know, during this team? And they say, yes. So I'm fucking excited. Part of my <laughs> language. Uh, I'm, I'm just really, really excited <laughs> about that. Like, yeah. Some people get weird about it. I had someone ask me not to cuss once. I was like, fuck off. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, go check that podcast out. If you're into scary movies, if you're not, then don't. Don't listen to it at all. That you, you don't have to. But if you're into it, oh, go check it out. <laughs> I, I appreciate you all listening. And um, yeah, otherwise that's it. That's all we got for y'all this week. Um yeah, if y'all got any questions, you know what to do. Shoot me a message. Wanna be a guest? Shoot me a message. If if you got any theme suggestions, shoot me a message. I'm open to all of it. If you're promoting a book, shoot me a message. Let's talk about it. You know. Whatever you want to do, shoot me a message. I'm here. We will talk. We'll have a good time, and we're going to have a blast. It's super laid back. Otherwise, I love you all. Thank you so much. You guys keep listening to the show, and we're going to definitely keep making them. Thank you so much, everyone, and ciao. Let me see his soul.